Are you familiar with the book, The Great Taking, that's been kind of hitting the rat circles? Uh, no, no. What's that about? Well, it's about the DTCC. They own everything at law, all the collateral. So when you talk about the bankers shorting the precious metals and oil, they manipulate the oil market about as bad as the silver market. Yeah. But anyway, DTCC, when you buy a stock, they own it. You just have the, you are the beneficiary of it. So let's say the whole system falls down a week from Tuesday. All the collateral, so all your your rights on your General Motors and your Boeing and your Shell Oil or whatever, really is owned by the banks. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for tuning in. That was our friend David Morgan. I recorded this call with David yesterday, November 13th. And today, November 14th, I have two bits of sad news to share. The first, extremely sad for me and my family, and I'm really starting to hate this inverted satanic world. We just found out that someone very dear to our family died in his sleep last night. He was a healthy man, he was a good and generous man, but he was vaccinated with the bioweapon. May God damn you to hell for your crimes, Albert Bourla and Pfizer. By the way, in our fallen, inverted world, all they do is lie and then celebrate those lies. They say inflation is down, the border is secure, and the bioweapon is safe and effective, as it kills people in their sleep. Friends, it's nonstop gaslighting, and it's quite literally satanic. Has your health insurance cost fallen by 34%? Because in part, that's how they're trying to convince us that inflation is way down. Here's Chris Martinson. I'm going to expose just one piece of this lie. It's so egregious, so stupid, so ridiculously bad that we will know with all certainty and you will know just how bad this scam really is. Let's go here. The BLS says your health insurance costs went down 34% last year. <laughs> Good God. And on the back of this latest scam, friends, the Dow was up some 485 points today. The Nasdaq up 326 points. And never mind your grocery bills. Those are down too. Gasoline's down. Energy's down. Healthcare costs are down. Life is grand in Joe Biden's banana republic. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report. Friends, I can't tell you how enthusiastic and happy I am to have back on the line a longtime friend of SGT Report, a longtime friend of Liberty, a fan of real money, and a man who has very much been punished for being prescient for his silver position, as have I and other silver bulls in the space. Why? because the banks get away with murder, and I mean that quite literally at this point. The big banks manipulate the precious metals. They will continue to do so to keep people in the world's reserve currency, the dollar, which is falling and losing value every single day. David Morgan, you know the website, themorganreport.com, is back. David, welcome back, sir. Good to see you. Sean, thank you. It's great to be back. I am so sorry to hear about your health problems, but I'm so happy to hear that you survived. Guys, this man got sepsis and he was in the hospital for two weeks. And little did I know when I heard the uh, information about David Morgan having sepsis, that sepsis kills 50% of those who get it, but not David Morgan. He's a fighter. 
David, I'm so glad you're still with us, man. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's getting better day by day. And, uh, you know, I'm here for whatever reason. I have, you know, I have my mission statement. I have a lot of things left to do. We'll talk about during the interview. But uh, I'm grateful that uh, I'm still here and I've still got plenty of uh, plenty to give, believe me. Yeah, I know you do. And you truly are a fighter and you've always been a fighter and you're a believer, right? God is on our side. And I know that none of us are long for this life. None of us are going to be here forever. In fact, life is quite short. And I know in the time that you have left on this planet, you are going to continue to fight and fight these criminal banksters and fight for honest money because they don't want to give us honest money, do they? They want us on their slave plantation not only for the next 10 years, but for the rest of human history in the form of what, David? Central bank digital currencies. That's their wet dream. And if you and I have anything to say about it, they ain't going to get it. Exactly. All right. So here's the thing. The U.S. bond market is showing such weakness that right minds can't want to be in bonds for very much longer. In fact, money is fleeing the space. Equities continue to go up, specifically the magic seven, right? The tech seven, the magic money. If you take out those seven stocks, which include Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, etc., if you take those out, the return on the stock market over the last few years, it's not even keeping up with the price of inflation, the cost of inflation. So what do you make of where we're at right now in human history? And then I want to ask you specifically about precious metals. We're going to get into Bitcoin. I have a soundbite to play from Michael Saylor, but where would you like to begin? Well, the first question, uh, where are we in uh, human history? From my studied point of view, we're in a uh, paradigm that happens maybe every 500 years or so. I mean, you know, my friend Mike Maloney says, you know, I get a currency change every 40 years. And yeah, the paper changes or the size of the bill or, you know, from August 1571, you go off the, you know, dollar back gold standard to uh, or gold backed dollar standard to something new. Then that's that was a big one, of course. But I'm talking about something that's so monumental that uh, you can't get away from the history books for two or three generations. It lasts at least that long. And the memory banks of, of everybody involved, which means just it touches almost everything. So in a true financial collapse, which we're facing, you need to either get ahead of it with a reset and a new system. Or if it gets out of the hands of the powers that be, then you basically have a very chaotic situation for quite some for some time, whether or not it goes into the dark ages or a Mad Max scenario remains to be determined. I don't think it will. But some areas might have that kind of a scenario, but not the overall planet Earth. <clears throat> However, you know, these powers that be are not as powerful as they believe. And so they have two problems. One, the system is based on confidence or trust. Once that's lost, then who's going to trust a system that just failed if they're still in charge of it? And two, there's a lot of randomness out there in the universe. In other words, things, events happen that people can't predict. The unintended consequences, if you will, Sean. And this is something that even they haven't really mitigated or know how to do. Uh, you know, once the Hoover Dam breaks and the flood starts, doesn't matter what your engineering degrees are, you're not going to be able to stop any. So I'm... Uh, optimistically careful with what I say, but I don't want to mislead anyone. I think the time left is short. I know anyone that's followed me from SGT reporter, others like, well, David, you've been saying this for 10 years. In fact, we started the silver investor, you know, and moved to the mortgage report. 
I mean, you've been saying it. What I've been saying is that it's going to happen probably within my lifetime. And all you need to do to mitigate it is take a hedge position. You don't need to put everything in the silver and gold. You take about 10% and forget about it. That's really the safe and sane way to approach this market. But a lot of people learn the truth. And once learning the truth and knowing that all fiat fails, they might, let's say, go all in or perhaps at a greater percentage that they regret later because when they must cash out for fiat to pay a bill or buy their house or get their car or, you know, go, you know, pay an education expense or a healthcare expense or whatever are disappointed because they bought silver at, you know, 32 bucks and they're only able to get, you know, 22 for it or whatever. So all I'm saying is that <clears throat> it has taken longer than any of us have thought or most of us in this genre, but yet even saying all that with what's going on in the bond market, which is key to everything, the U.S. dollar system, anyone that's listened to the SGG report more than twice or my site more than three or four times knows that it's a dollar problem. But what that really means it's faith in the dollar. And faith in the dollar is the bond market. And the bond market is supposedly the safest investment you can make anywhere at all times. And it's not. If you don't trust a dollar a week from Tuesday, why should you trust it for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years? And this is what we're seeing in the bond market now. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% right. And uh, in a second, I want to walk down memory lane with you because you were one of my first big guests on SGT Report when I launched it back in 2010. My first guest really was Bix Weir, and you were my second big guest at the time. Both of you silver guys, both of you telling the truth about the manipulation in the precious metals markets for more than 10 years. In Bix's case, 20 years, probably the same for you. All right, before I go further, I do want to play a soundbite from Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy. He's invested big time in Bitcoin, and his company's treasury is now up a billion dollars on that position. But I don't necessarily want to talk to you about Bitcoin. I just want to play this soundbite from him about inflation and the insidious nature of inflation for corporations, and then get your thoughts on it. Now, weak currencies... Uh, in the developing world are inflating at 14% a year unless they're really mismanaged and they're inflating at 21% a year. But I'll give you a simple fact. If you start with a million dollars and you hold it in dollars and currency that's being inflated and supply at 7% a year, after 100 years, your million dollars is worth about 700 bucks. But what do you think it's worth if you're holding it 14% debasing currencies? 28 cents. Okay, so so clearly the weak currencies don't last 100 years because people are smart enough to realize that a million dollars going to 28 cents is not a good investment. But the strong currency is taking it from a million dollars to $700. And that's, that's the rate in the last 100 years when the U.S. is winning all the wars. I'll pause it there. David, I'll come back to you. I just think that is such intelligent analysis because he was asked by the interviewer, how much longer will the dollar last? And Michael didn't have to answer that question specifically with the time frame. He said it doesn't really matter because even the best currency, the dollar, will debase your currency, your wealth at 7% a year. Best case scenario. You know what? What do you think the real run of inflation is? I think it's higher than 7%. So does Michael Saylor. Correct, Sean. A lot of people think that it's higher than 7%. Uh, Shadowsets.com, for example. Well, I say it a different way. I just had a, a conference, or excuse me, a consultation recently, and this person's going to inherit a lot of money, and he's really worried about what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And anyway, I said, look, tell your mom 
that if you had a million dollars in 1913 when the Fed was founded and you were given it in, in currency, it'd be worth a million today. You know, and we and obviously I think we all know it wouldn't have the same purchase power. But if you took a gold coin, it would be a hundred million. But what about purchasing power, right? The purchasing yeah, power no, of one million in nineteen thirteen would have bought a city block in New York. Yeah. <laughs> today it barely buys a single family home. Yeah. And in gold terms, you would have a hundred million, a hundred times. So if you took a gold coin, here, I don't want it in fiat. I want it, I don't want it in bills or in paper. Give it to me in gold coin. If you did that in 1913, it'd be a cash equivalent of $100. So it's very similar to what Michael Saylor says, just looking at it from a, a different point of view. You know, it's very interesting. He actually makes that point, if I let this play longer, that the $1 million in 100 years from now, if you invested in Bitcoin, you'll have at least $100 million in purchasing power. Whereas if you keep the $1 million in USD, you're going to be down to 700 bucks, if not worse. So it's interesting. I think Bitcoin and gold have a lot to say about the future here. Although you know as well as I do, those who have held gold and silver, as you and I have, have been punished for our prescience because JP Morgan, HSBC, Deutsche Bank, they get away with bloody murder, manipulating the precious metals to keep the plebs uninterested in buying those precious metals, David. It's very, very insidious. And I have to red flag that because I did a whole series, 30 interviews called The Crypto Conspiracy. And, and John Perez specifically and others contend that Bitcoin was a distraction for money going into gold. So instead of all that money that could have gone into gold that went into Bitcoin and now a lot of other cryptocurrencies had found their ways into the gold market, yeah. what would the price of gold be? And I'm just going to continue because... After I did all those interviews, I really thought about it. And two years ago, not the latest Silver Symposium, I didn't attend. I was unable to. But the one before that, half of my speech was about the crypto conspiracy and did all this money that could have, should have, might have gone into the precious metals that went into cryptocurrencies. What effect was it? It was interesting. From a gold perspective, Sean, it didn't have that big an effect because the gold market is... uh, many times bigger than the Bitcoin market. It's a $10 trillion market in gold. And right now it's about a $650 billion market cap for Bitcoin. But a lot of these Bitcoin enthusiasts like Sailor are saying not only will Bitcoin flip gold, the 10 trillion in gold, it'll go far beyond because now it's a risk-off asset and it's viewed by the US government, the Chinese government and the Russian government as property. And I'm not disagreeing with you, by the way. I do think crypto was created as a release valve, a steam release valve for all the pressure that otherwise would have gone into precious metals. I do concur with you about that. Yeah, and so, and that's my main point. Uh, The other point is, so the amount of, you know, diverted money that could have gone into gold really wouldn't make much difference. But if that diverted money went into silver, oh yeah, it would have a big effect because silver is such a small market compared to gold. So back to you, Sean. Well, let me ask you then about silver. Silver's current price, I'm sorry, I keep saying it, I'm a broken record. It's an (laughs) absolute joke. But as a guy who owns a bunch of this stuff, I have every right to say that because I know the history. I know what the 1980 all-time high of 50 is. A lot of folks don't remember that. I know what happened in 2012 when we ran it up to 48. And Max Kaiser, by the way, was one of the biggest silver proselytizers out there. Now he's one of the world's biggest Bitcoin guys because he knows that silver is manipulated and he got sick of it. He knows gold is manipulated and he got sick of it. How does it make you feel as a guy who just had sepsis and almost lost his life that you still haven't enjoyed the rewards you deserve 
that we all deserve for being prescient enough to buy silver all these years because a 22, 23, 24, 30, $35 silver price right now in 2023 with 34 trillion in debt is a joke, David. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, that's a hard one to answer. I mean, how do I personally feel? I mean, I actually feel personally grateful I'm still here. Secondly, uh, you know, this will get very philosophical, but um, going back to some of uh, my belief systems and studying a lot of, I I studied rural religions twice in college, not that it matters. But uh, it was said in one of these philosophies that a real man could lose everything and still be the same. And that's meaning you have no attachment. So not very many, especially in the West, are unattached to their possessions, especially someone like me that has enough. So if you have enough, it's easy to say that. If everything was truly taken away from me and I had zero, would I be the same man I am today? I don't know. I'd like to believe that I could be or should be or might be. But um, it's discouraging. I mean, the other side of the coin to be a little more specific on some bad days. Uh, it's very upsetting. Um, there's not a lot you could do about it. We know that unless the something breaks, that you're not going to see the true price of these metals really come to the fore. Uh, it's a possibility that they never will. I doubt that, but it could happen, especially when you've got uh, another methodology, which Bitcoin does represent to a lot of people. And it's got a lot of momentum. We got bullish on crypto. I mean, I finally kind of threw in the towel. I didn't say get out of silver and move into Bitcoin. But I did say Wall Street's behind Bitcoin now or the cryptocurrencies. And I say once Wall Street's behind something, let's ride their coattails. So instead of just talking about the uh, blockchain brief, which we've done for years in the Morgan Report, I put three on, three speculations on. The one I picked um, did far better than Bitcoin did from that point in time. The other one I picked was XRP, which I still think is the banker's coin. And I'm agnostic when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm free market. You like Bitcoin? Go ahead. Uh, you like XRP or you don't? That's fine. Go ahead or don't go ahead. Uh, so we've got that. We had HUT 8. And I sold that at a break even. Uh, I know uh, the founder and uh, Frank and I've got along for years, but it just wasn't performing. So I sold that at, on that one. So we're holding some still. but um, And it's certainly very, very likely that the reset is going to take into account the blockchainers. I think little doubt about that, how it manifests exactly, whether it's nation state monies, gold-backed uh, cryptos, asset-backed cryptos, non-asset-backed cryptos. I think they'll all be evolving like in the tech sector, but some will fall by the wayside and some will come to the fold. Yeah, you know, and guys like Saylor, the uh, hardcore Bitcoin enthusiasts, and guys like Max Kaiser, both of whom own more than 10,000 Bitcoin, that I know for a fact. In Saylor's case, in a recent interview, he admitted that once he did the research on Bitcoin, because he was hesitant, he used to thought it was junk, just like Charlie Munger. Once he read the white paper, once he did the due diligence, once he put in his 100 hours, he concluded it was the right investment for him and his company. And he bought, get this, 17,700 Bitcoin with his own money, which was something like $100 million, $190 million at the time. And now MicroStrategy I'm not sure what the number is. I think they hold 155,000 Bitcoin, something like that. He's all in on the asset class. And uh, he believes that buying Bitcoin today is akin to buying a city block in New York City in 1900. Now, only time will tell if he's right. But here's what we do know. Smart guys are moving into Bitcoin as a hedge 
and you don't have to go all in. But this right. silver and gold trade has not worked out very well. This silver trade in particular has been completely stomped on. And I want to do a screen share here again, just to shine the light of truth on one of these guys who, in my view, is in the pocket, very much so, of the big banks, Jeffrey Christian of CPM Group. Now, Bix Weir just did a nice report about this. Jeffrey Christian admitting that no one is willing to short gold and silver on the COMEX, so the big banks are doing it. But he says that's not manipulation. I want you to listen to this, and then I want your thoughts. They've been wrong, and they misuse data, and they provide the confirmation for those people who want to find conspiracies and market manipulation. So we talked about this in the October 27th kind of, uh, um, video. We talked a little bit about it earlier this week. And the thing that I said and wrote was that you look at the questions that people ask. They're asking the wrong questions. And that tells you more about their biasing and their lack of understanding of the markets and financial markets. I'll pause it there. Just so you understand, guys, what we're listening to. Jeff Christian is describing those researchers like Ted Butler, like David Morgan, like Bix Weir, okay? He's describing the folks that point out the quantifiable proof of market manipulation via the paper markets by the big banks. And he's saying, no, they're biased. Such manipulation doesn't actually exist. I'll keep playing the clip. So two days ago, November 1st, well, we received this comment on our October 31st video. Uh, if there's no manipulation, why do short have swap dealers put on more than 50,000 short gold contracts in the past few days? Why would a bullion bank do that? All right, David, I'm coming back to you. He goes on to explain in the clip that basically these bullion banks are going short for every long. So they're actually betting against their retail investors who choose to go long on contracts of gold and silver, betting on the price going up. So the bullion banks, the big banks, are literally betting against their own customers. David, we want your thoughts on that. The last thing I'd say is that listening to a sycophant like Jeff Christian try to explain away the manipulation is a lot like watching those pundits come on MSNBC and CNN telling people that the vaccine is safe and effective, the COVID-19 vaccine. So run out and get it. Never mind the quantifiable data, which shows us it's a bioweapon. <laughs> we live in upside down world, man. Good analogy. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I've known Jeff for a long time and, you know, he was pretty forthright about how the bullion banking system worked. Back before YouTube, I actually had a uh, business that failed along with another guy. And we had our own servers, which were a lot to be able to stream video over the Internet. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I don't have the DVD anymore, but he was pretty forthright about how the system works. And he, <clears throat> so my comment is that you're correct. There is a bank against the, their own customers. And of course, he talks about over and over, there's no manipulation, there's no manipulation. Well, one of the chapters or one of the most important things that we wrote in this book was about it. And I was going to look it up and read it verbatim, and I can't find it. I mean, this is a pretty academic read. I think you have one. But if you recall, we did what's called the Sharpe's Ratio. And the Sharpe's Ratio is the ability to mathematically determine if you have a random walk or not. In other words, if you have a free market, and the higher the Sharpe's ratio, the greater it is a non-random walk, and it is manipulated. So Bernie Madoff came out with something like 78, and the silver market was much greater than that. So I could, I think, if I could convince the jury 
to understand it in layman's terms, what a Sharpe's ratio means and show the fact on the you know whiteboard that the manipulation of the Madoff scam was lower than the silver price mechanisms, then I think I could uh, convince everybody and, and get the word manipulation. You got to remember on all these cases that we've actually won, Jeff is a very good wordsmith. He uses uh, <clears throat> that to his advantage. You'll never see, if you read them, and I have, any of these rulings use the word manipulation. So he says there's no manipulation. And he's right from a legal eagle perspective that you won't find the word manipulation in the judgment. You'll find spoofing. You'll find, you know, whatever. But you're not going to find the word manipulation in there. So, I mean, this is, you know, getting into the uh, analogy that you gave us. You know, well, it's technically this or that. It's all hogwash nonsense crap. But they give this intellectual superiority type of outlook because the word manipulation never got put in the, into the final judgment. So yeah, you can have it any way you want. I mean, I know where I stand. Jeff knows where I stand. It's obvious that it is. <clears throat> but if you want to use the correct word, go ahead, choose one. They've they have taken advantage of the customers or the retail investors or the you, and the, part of it was was from the start. And this goes way back to the Silver Users Association. Remember, Thompson Reuters has runs the Silver Institute. I mean, I was invited to speak there. What did I speak about? Money and silver. I was only there a couple times. I've never been invited back. They don't want to hear about silver's money. In fact, I went to a Mexican contingency of maybe about eight or nine guys with some silver certificates as kind of a gift of you know, goodwill toward them. They were scared of me. They didn't want anything to do. Remember, Hugo Sinus Price, my great friend uh, in Mexico, had convinced uh, every governor, every governor in the state of Mexico to go along with his idea of putting silver into circulation alongside the peso. But once it got to the banking cartel, what happened? Yeah, they shut him down. Yeah, that's so interesting. And by the way, I want to remind people, too. The manipulation, this is so funny, too, because if you imagine where we were in, say, 2006, 2007, that's still the modern world. Okay, there were iPhones, guys. There was an Internet. There was an open and free exchange of information before Google became the weaponized asset of the deep state that it is. The Rothschilds and other bankers, but the Rothschilds specifically set the gold price twice daily in the city of London until I believe, wasn't it 2006, David? Yeah, and that's how early, about 2006, that's right. They sold out of their position. They got out of it because I think even they saw the writing on the wall. The criminality, it's just too much paper. It's too obvious. And the reason that they manipulate the precious metals to keep them kneecapped is to keep the plebs from turning their attention to silver and gold, right? Because what right. drives prices higher more than the retail investors FOMO, right? That's what we're seeing in Bitcoin. That's what we're seeing right now in Solana. We're seeing that. We've seen it in Ethereum. We see it in the crypto space. We see it in tech stocks, NVIDIA, Apple, yeah. Alphabet, right? Right. Amazon, same exact yeah. thing. So if you right. can prevent that from happening to silver, see, here's the thing. In 1980, a movie ticket was two bucks. Gas was $1.25. A single family home was what, 100 grand? There is not one tangible asset on planet Earth right now that trades at half, less than half of its 1980 high. Not one tangible asset I can think of, with the exception of silver. So, why do the bankers do this? Well, I want David's thoughts on this. 
Final agreement on EU digital identity wallets expands scope of regulations to be found here. How about privacy fears as EU moves forward with digital ID despite a public outcry against it? This is where we're headed, David. That's why they don't want people on honest money. They want us on their slave plantation, which very well may be a central bank digital currency if they can get away with it. Exactly. And what happens to humanity if the people in this country are dumb enough to get suckered into a Federal Reserve central bank digital currency? Well, not only will a lot get suckered in because they don't know any better, they don't know monetary history, they don't really know what's happening to them, but many will gladly do it because there'll be a universal basic income aligned with it and maybe a bonus. You know, if you're the first, uh, within the first month, you'll get a $1,000 of extra CBDC credited your account. Uh, and this is um, really, I call it the B system. And I really think that's what it is. Uh, again, there will be ways to opt out, but it'll be very difficult. Uh, are you familiar with the book, The Great Taking, that's been kind of hitting around circles? Uh, no, recently? no. What's that about? Well, it's about the DTCC. And oh, Vic Swear and I talked about the DTCC. It's very shady. They own everything at law, all the collateral. So when you talk about the bankers shorting the precious metals and oil, they manipulate the oil market about as bad as the silver market. Yeah. But anyway, the um, DTCC, when you buy a stock, they own it. You just have the, you are the beneficiary of it. So let's say the whole system falls down a week from Tuesday. All the collateral, so all your your rights on your General Motors and your Boeing and your Shell Oil or whatever, really is owned by the banks. It's not owned by you. It's just like when I did that interview with uh, Stansbury Research a few years back on bail-ins, and I explained to everyone that that is their money. When you make a deposit and you think it's your money, you better think again because it's not true at law. You are an unsecured creditor of the bank. And if there is something that happens, there'll be a bail-in, not a bail-out. Now, that didn't happen with Silicon Valley Bank, but you think about who the depositors were that were going to get hurt with the bail-in, and they just have way too much money and way too much political power, so they got bailed out. So now the Fed's saying how inconsistent they are. They broke the law, basically, because they were not allowed to bail out, but they did, and they're supposed to bail in, and they did not. But what does that mean for you out there in the general banking system? You don't know. You might get bailed in. You might get bailed out. You just don't know. And that's why you're seeing such, one of the reasons you're seeing so much fluctuation in the bond market is the people on Wall Street know this stuff. I mean, very few of them don't. But they're willing because they're such risk takers or, or know that the Fed will bail them out. So they got to, you know, it's like playing at the crap table and you're, all, all your losses are always made up for by your rich uncle standing behind you. So you only get to collect when you win, when you hit, you know, <laughs> anyway. I'm off, off on a tangent a bit, but the point is the system is so rigged and it's been so rigged for so long that these people have come so arrogant, they can't imagine that the system could get away from them. And I think it could. In fact, let's think about this thought experiment real quickly, Sean, because I want your input. Think about a patriot or two that's writing the code for the CBDC. You ever think about that? What about a backdoor to CBDC that uh, some patriot has? I mean, uh, if you watched iRobot, I think it was. My, one of my daughters turned me on to, or Mr. Robot, I think it was. And that whole sequence on Netflix was all about central bank digital currencies at the end. And these, let's say, patriots at the end basically stole the money back out of the banking system and gave it to the people at large. Pretty fascinating scenario. 
Guys, please pardon the brief interruption and a quick word about a sponsor. Dark clouds are gathering. Currencies like the Turkish lira are crumbling. Fear and uncertainty are here. The Middle East, Ukraine, Taiwan, the U.S. national debt, it's endless. Yet one asset stands firm, gold. In crisis after crisis, gold is there. Its enduring value guards against loss, like a missile shield against incoming weapons. While paper wealth burns, gold exists and persists. Noble Gold can help you shield your wealth against these looming threats. War, recession, contagion, take control amidst the chaos. Get your hands on gold now before it's out of reach. Right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin with every new IRA. Claim your free coin today to secure your financial future as the storm clouds gather. Always do your own due diligence because there are no guarantees in this world, but secure your future against disaster. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today and claim your free bullion coin right now. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com or better yet, call for their expert advice at 877-646-5347 and tell them SGT Report sent you. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Central Bank Digital Currencies at the end and these, let's say patriots at the end, basically stole the money back out of the banking system and gave it to the people at large. Pretty fascinating scenario. Yeah, I watched that show, Mr. Robot. I believe that starred the guy who starred in the movie about Queen, and he played Freddie Mercury. I know the show you're talking about. It's actually very well done. And by the way, the DTCC, Bix Weir and I did an entire show about that. It was titled something like The Horrible Truth, History Channel Doesn't Want You to Know, and it was about the DTCC. And Bix shared all of that frightening information about the DTCC being really the holder of all stocks, and the and nobody really knows who owns the DTCC. We can speculate. Is it the Rothschilds? Is it pockets bigger than theirs? Is it the Pope? I don't know. Is it the Vatican? But uh, we talked about that. And the fact is, is that when Bix shared that information in an interview with the History Channel, a sit-down interview, they excluded all of it. <laughs> they didn't yeah. let it get out publicly, David. So I'll have yeah. to read that book, The Great Taking. That's what it's called, huh? Correct. All right. Okay, let me show you this, and then let's get your thoughts, because we know that Bitcoin has been doing very well for 13 years. Okay, that's an understatement. It's actually the number one performing asset for 13 years. But the country's reporting the largest purchases in the first two months of 2023, where get this, I didn't even know this, Singapore, Turkey, where I believe we're starting to see hyperinflation, China, Russia, and India. Singapore, Singapore with 51 tons of gold, Turkey with 45.5 tons of gold. You never hear that in the mainstream media, David. You hear about China and Russia hoarding gold, but I didn't know Singapore and Turkey were hoarding gold. What is this all about? Okay, because as Bitcoin becomes more and more publicly accepted and talked about by CNBC and the mainstream media, nation states are hoarding gold. There must still be a role for gold to play in the world that's to come, despite this manipulation, despite the fact that they kneecap it in dollars so that it will not go past that all-time that all-time high of what, 2020, 2030, something like that? 2030 dollars? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 2070, but it's right in that range. I'm not going to argue that because I, I don't know the exact number. But I've said for quite some time, probably a year and a half at least, that the run to gold has begun. And the old adage, there's no fever like gold fever, is true. And the reason that the banks are getting gold is because it's the money of last resort. And if all else fails, they have gold to rebuild on. 
Now, whether they plan to do it initially or not remains to be determined. And I think it would be their backup to the backup. If they put out their their modern money theory with no backing whatsoever and just give you a digit in an electronic blip on a computer and that doesn't work, then they might have to tie it to gold. But the run to gold starts very stealthily, as you just pointed out. So it starts off, I give the analogy of the run to gold like this, Sean. First of all, you've got to be in the know. So the smart money moves into it first when it's not moving in price. So no one's paying attention. That's how you do the stock market. You do the accumulation phase where it goes flat for a number, you know, for months or years. Then you do the markup phase where you shoot it up. And then you do it, the distribution phase where you keep it at a high price where you can keep getting top dollar for the asset, but you don't sell very much at any single time because if you do, you drop the market. So you accumulate, you mark up, and you distribute. So right now, the banks are in the final phases of the accumulation. And it goes like this. You start off in, a, let's say, slow or crawl. And then you get up and you do a small walk or a slow walk. And then you go to a regular gait, a regular walk. And then you go to a light jog and a heavy jog. And then you start to run. And at the end, you go to a sprint. The public will be in the sprint phase. That will be when gold's pushing, what, 3,000, 3,500. I don't know the number. I'm just trying to give you the idea. But uh, what people don't know, it's the biggest secret of trading, and it's the biggest secret in stocks, is the best thing you can ever do if you want to get rich in the stock market or get rich in the metals market or get rich in fiat terms is to buy a new high. Because if Bitcoin's going to 10 million or 1 million, or let's just say, let's be conservative since I am, let's say from the 37,000 or so it is right now, Let's say it goes to 200,000 in a year and a half. How many new highs does it have to make? A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of new highs. And this is why the algorithms that set up that really perform well know that because there's nothing more bullish than a new high. And why is that? Well, if gold was at a new high, Sean, let's say it got to 2,100 next week because of a war problem and a bank failure or 10 bank failures. All of a sudden, there's this huge run of the gold by the public. And, yep. of course, institutions as well. Well, who's going to sell? Nobody. It just hit a new high. Everyone's going to hold because they don't know how high is high. Maybe it's going to be 2200 next week. So any little buying will drive it to 2200 So how many are going to sell there? Very few. Why? It's a new high. And how high is it going to go? Well, maybe it's going to go to 2500 I'm holding my gold. And now it goes to 2500 How many sell? Not very many. So this is what you get. You get this feeding frenzy on the way up. And I think still, and I know I'm biased, but I'm overstudied, and I've learned a lot from my mistakes. Trust me on that statement. But I do believe this will go in the history books because there is no fever like gold fever. And where are you going to go when the bond market crashes? Are you going to go into commercial real estate? What about residential real estate? How about the stock market? How about um, a private business? I mean, there's lots of opportunities, even in a depression or a hyperinflation. But you got to be very smart with what you choose to spend money on uh, in order to get in or out, because getting out um, could be very difficult uh, if everyone wants to sell. Well, there's only sellers and no buyers, uh, which can happen. Now, there are circuit breakers in the system. I mean, the system is so rigged that they've thought out ahead of time, if, it, if this happens, what can we do about it? And they could stop the whole system. They could freeze it up. And this is what Jim Rickards refers to as Ice Nine when the Kurt Vonnegut 
Kurt Vonnegut book uh, that talks about this hypothetical ice that freezes everything all at once at one time. The whole financial system could freeze or they could turn on the switch and act as if it freezes because they don't want any transactions to take place. Because if they were to occur, they know what the um, bid asks are on a huge asset like the U.S. Treasuries across the spectrum from bills, notes, and bonds. And they say, if we let this go, it's over. It's done. Finale. Beta complete. And unfortunately, I know I sound more radical than ever, but I think we're getting closer to that point. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you, because I do worry about we, the people in the United States, enduring what's happening right now with the Turkish lira, which is hyperinflating. By the way, Bitcoin, an all-time high priced in Turkish lira. Same with the Argentine peso. And so I want to show people one last thing regarding Bitcoin, and then I'll be quiet about Bitcoin. I don't proselytize about Bitcoin. People know that I don't, but I try to share information. I don't know where Bitcoin is going, but the case I made in 2015, David, is why not hedge a little bit and dip your foot in the pool just in case. And I had a lot of haters, I still do, who think Bitcoin is a tool of the deep state. Okay, whether that's true or not, it has been the number one performing asset for 13 years. And currently, as much as 89% of the Bitcoin supply isn't moving, it's locked up in wallets that refuse to sell it. And there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin, guys. 18.1 million Bitcoin have already been mined. And the last Bitcoin block will be mined, guess what? In the year 2140. So it's a long story, and I just share the information because at $37,000 Bitcoin, you could open a Coinbase account and you can buy 100 bucks a week, 100 bucks a month. You can buy fractions of a fraction, a Satoshi, as they call them. I share that with the audience because I don't know where it's going. I just know that it's salt in the wound for anybody that has just held silver and no Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, just to prove, you know, reiterate a little bit, that reinforces the point I just made. You know, if 90% aren't selling, then any new buying is going to drive it higher. Markets move, if they're free at least, on buying and selling. And say, well, David, there's so much buying the silver market. Well, that's the physical silver market. There's an infinite supply of of paper silver. And that's why you can depress the price. Yeah, no, that's 100% right. And that was the case I was making for kneecapping via precious metal paper markets, gold and silver. They don't want silver ever hitting an all-time high again because the retail investors would FOMO in quicker than they did the AMC stock in that, uh, what was that video game stock? I watched the movie about it just recently. Um, Honey, what's that? Yes, thank you. And GameStop. Yeah, absolutely. People would FOMO into the silver market faster than they can blink. That's why it's manipulated. So now I want to transition into another topic because I know you know this as well as anybody. And here's a documentary people should watch. I believe this was produced by the great Michael Rivero. All wars are banker wars. All wars are banker wars. And they use their fiat printing presses to get the nation states to fund the wars. They get the bonds. The nation states issue the bonds. They borrow money from the bankers for more war. War after war after war. It's all we've ever known as Americans, David. And now it's coming to our doorstep. A- through inflation and hyperinflation eventually, and B, through a wide open southern border through which military-aged young men by the thousands, the tens of thousands are streaming through. Some of them claim to be UN troops and they're just waiting for orders. But all wars are banker wars, aren't they? Every single war is a banker war, probably including this one now we're seeing in Israel between Israel and Palestine. By the way, I mentioned uh, Rothschild earlier in the interview. 
kind of brings us full circle. House of Rothschild, Israel, Balfour Declaration. Absolutely. People ask me where you stand on, you know, Israel. And it's hard to say because of, you know, the people. No, no, you know, I, I'm a pretty world traveler. And anywhere I've ever gone, the people are wonderful. I mean, I've never, in fact, Colombia, where it's all this drug cartel money and everything. I mean, that, those are the most friendly people I ever met. Uh, I haven't done much traveling in the Middle East, so I can't speak from actual experience. The point is that it's the leadership. It's never the people. Mm -hmm. I mean, people generally get along with each other. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Bal so when asked about it, I just used the Balfour Declaration as a, you know, something to think about if people don't know how the state of Israel was created. Going further on that topic, though, <clears throat> we are going to see more and more bankers' wars as they manifest. And this is to obfuscate what's happening in the financial world as much as anything else, yeah. certainly for control. And it will get worse, not better, in my view. And it will be an excuse for shortages in you know foodstuffs and other items. It will be an excuse for toppling the political stances, the very few that are not hooked into the uh, current banking system. Uh Iran, for example, and you will find that uh, that uh, they are actually pursuing several goals at the same time, but it's basically resource wars, which means mainly control of the oil supply and control of the, the banking system at large, however it morphs. Let me ask you this, and then I want to show some of the new things you're working on, one of which I think the audience will really resonate with. This is an exciting project, but uh, let me ask you about the idea that the deep state, the entrenched deep state, is really in a corner, and they are losing the war, and above them, the bankers, right? There's, a, there's this idea that, oh, there's panic in the city of London. I've had guests on that have talked about this. And then you hear commentary from people like Benjamin Fulford, who can help quantify that to some degree. He lives in Japan. Uh, he's an expert on some of these things. Got to take everything he says with a grain of salt. But we now live in a world where the bioweapon has been exposed as that, okay? It's not a vaccine that's safe and effective. It's a bioweapon. This current administration has been exposed for its treason, be it an open southern border or you name it, right? Taking bribes from China or Russia. We live in a world now, David, where people are waking up to the idea that Zionism, right? And these bankers are behind wars. All wars are bankers' wars. Do you think that they are losing? I'll give you one more example of why that might be true, that they are losing the battle here. Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, also a bloodline to the uh, Rothschild family. He just went to the UN and they made an agreement to fast track United Nations 2030. And essentially now it's United Nations 2025. They're fast tracking all their tyranny. Is that because they know the world is waking up and it's forcing them to be more authoritarian and more tyrannical, which is actually a gift to humanity because it'll wake up more people? Yes, in my view, absolutely. Let me just give you a couple of thoughts. There's a friend of mine that does a show similar to yours. Uh, it's called Steel on Steel, John Leffler. Uh, I actually used to listen to him before I moved up to the Northwest. Regardless, he had a statement that I've used a couple of times, I always give him credit. And he said, at the end, meaning where we are now, uh, Rafi Farber refers to as the end game and many others, that they, okay, the bankers, we'll call them the top of the pyramid, okay? Because it is bankers and who knows? Some even think it may be aliens. I don't know, so I won't rule it out. But they 
when they get near the finish line, will have to remove their sheep's clothing and run naked to the finish line, which is an analogy for everybody sees what's going on. Oh, my God, it's a bioweapon. Oh, my God, money's phony. Oh, my God, healthcare isn't healthy. Oh, my God, the education's there to indoctrinate us and dumb us down. Oh, my God, the water supply has been corrupted for so long. You can't drink tap water. Oh, my God, the stuff they stick in these cans is actually DHP, which is detrimental to our hormone balance. Oh, my God. So I get this wake up that everyone that listens to the SPG report and many others, other sources, of course, are waking up. And yes, you're right. That's why they're running out of they've only got so much ammunition left and they want to they want to get rid of it. They want to use it as quickly as possible to try to win the war. But I do think they're they're They've won many battles, but I think they're losing battles. And I think they're going to lose the war. But that's um, maybe a bit biased on my part. But certainly, it's not a one-way street. And that is a certainty. Problem is that they are poor sports, for lack of a better word. And they're very likely to turn over the tables. Uh, just they'll burn, they'll burn to the ground to, to, to win. They'll burn themselves out to win. I mean, that's how arrogant and how arrogant they really are. And that, oh, that would only happen, in my view, with a lack of any humanity at all, which goes back to the more far out thing I've ever said in a, in an interview, and that is, who's really running the show? Are they even are they even uh, human? <laughs> I mean, you have to ask that question. I'm not saying they are or aren't. I don't. Know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. And uh, you know, when I've had Nathan Reynolds on, he escaped the Illuminati family, the Reynolds family, uh, when he found out his firstborn uh, offspring, in this case, his daughter Naomi, was going to be the price he would have to pay to get his inheritance. He fled. He left the family and they tried to kill him. Right. But he's very outspoken. And he says a radical, intelligent evil is behind all of this. So these families, his family, report to a radical, intelligent evil, for lack of a better name, Lucifer. Now, I think you're absolutely right. So it's not necessarily reptilians. But I think if you embrace that dark power, you become reptilian, at least in brain thinking to some degree. And a shout out, by the way, you mentioned Rafi Farber. Arcadia Economics, Chris Marcus, buddies of mine. I've had him on the show. Um, great guys. And the good news is people like Rafi, people like you, people like me, people like Jimmy Dore, who used to be a hardcore Democrat. He's now got a huge YouTube channel. He's a comedian, but he sounds like a libertarian now because he'll point at the emperor wearing no clothes and laugh at these people. Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, the Democrats, the demon rats, the rhinos. And uh, he speaks truth as good as anybody I know out there right now. And by the way, Joe Rogan, the biggest podcaster on planet Earth, every day sounds more and more like Alex Jones. And now we have the meme, right? The T-shirt meme, bumper stickers all over the place. Alex Jones was right. So I think to some degree, we are winning the war, David. I really do believe it. So I wanted this interview to be sort of a cup half full interview, right? We stand a chance against these people because we have truth and light and God on our side. Yeah, that's right. And they worship Lucifer. I mean, quite literally. Yeah. Ramped over. Okay. Let's show what you're up to now. I want to talk about this. First of all, I'm going to show David's website, guys. If you want to support a good man who almost lost his life to sepsis, here's how to do it. Sign up for the Morgan Report and get those inside details about the crypto he mentioned. He didn't name specific names. I did. I would say Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana right now. Uh, Link has done very well. In those two projects, Link and Solana seem to have legs and real technology behind them. Solana, just look at the chart. Look what happened to it. It went down some 97% like Ethereum once did. Now it's bouncing back hard. I'm not recommending anything. Do your own due diligence. 
But if you want to get information like this and silver and gold information, here's the place to go. It's themorganreport.com. My longtime friend, David Morgan. I could not advocate for him any more strongly. He's a good man with a good heart and a good soul. And here's what he's working on right now, Silver Sunrise. Silversunrise.tv. Tell us about this, David. Well, I was uh, thinking about what I wanted to do next, you know, for, let's say, legacy. And it's not my ego. Believe me, it's the message, not the messenger. Uh, many men, I would say better than I, uh, you know, took the time to mentor me and school me through direct or indirect through their books or writings or lectures, that type of thing. Uh, I think one of the best, of course, is Ed Griffin, as you see there on the silversunrise.tv. But it's a movie. It's a documentary. And it's going to talk about primarily the money problem. But I really want to talk about money solutions and what we can do. And this touches all aspects that I vocalized a moment ago, you know, to change the education system where you learn logic and critical thinking, change the healthcare system where you learn how to cure things, you learn what, you know, to input your body and not, all those type of things. So how much you'll get in the movie, I don't know. Uh, The script is finalized and we're going out and starting the interviews. Uh, Foster Gamble said he would do an interview, the producer of Thrive One and Thrive Two. Uh, Ed Griffin's already been filmed. Uh, we have several more to do. We're trying to get a lot of influencers across the board, not just in the monetary realm, but in the, the whole internet, basically. So again, health, education, politics, you name it, and get their viewpoints. And we also look a little deeper, like do we even need money? Taking the Star Trek approach. I've got a film I put out on my Twitter every now and then. I put it in two lectures in Anarchapoco. It's called Teaching Apes to Use Money by a gentleman called Harold Katzvela who is a German scientist, and they did an experiment where they taught apes to use money. And they learned it in about three days. And once they started about three weeks into the program, the female apes were prostituting themselves and the boys were cheating each other. Oh so my the God. biologists that ran <laughs> this experiment went in to get the money back and stop it because they saw social disorder happening rapidly. So they wanted to stop the social disorder. Well, bad, big mistake. They went into the, the cages and the apes beat them up for trying to take the money away. So his conclusion was that it's a gaming disorder. It's a gaming addiction. It's a disorder. And this is going to be in the film as well. Uh, Back in, uh, there's a film called I Am. And in that film, it's a very wealthy uh, director out of Hollywood. And he's got like a second mansion and he's bought a second private jet and he feels very empty. And he starts to explore that. Why do I have everything? I have the monikers of success beyond almost anybody's imagination, yet I don't feel fulfilled. And he goes in and he examines it. What he found out is a lot of things that's in the film. But one of the things that stood out to me was that in the 30s, during the Depression, anyone that had opulent wealth was considered to be mentally ill. So these are things that, you know, I struggle with. I mean, I am libertarian bent. I've always been a free market thinker, but I've always thought outside the box and outside of that box, if you catch my drift. Because, you know, in the chapter, last chapter in the Silver Manifesto is Beyond Silver. I asked, what if silver and gold are just a transition to get honesty and faith and trust back into the system where we have confidence in each other and each other's word? Well, we can move beyond that. What would that look like? So these are thoughts I've, you know, my whole life has been revolved around freedom more than anything. But a free market and free free market money is the only way to achieve it in our current regime or current realm. And that's something that I've worked for, you know, with a pay, and paid a price for it as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, which we talked about off air, and I don't want to voice it here. It's not that important. 
that the public knows. But uh, I do have a heart and a head and my hands, and I am going to continue this battle to the best of my human ability. Yeah, I know you're going to, and uh, we're rooting for you. I, I want to say one last thing about Bitcoin. Boy, I said I was going to shut up about Bitcoin, but one, just one last thing that's really made me come full circle on this asset class. When you think of the demon creatures in Washington, D.C., who are fully on board with this fiat regime, we're $34 trillion in debt. We're now needing to print something like $2 trillion every six months or something to keep this whole banana republic afloat. And what do we see? We see people like Elizabeth Warren building an anti-crypto army. She hates Bitcoin. She wants it banned. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting about that. My enemy's enemy is my friend. If Bitcoin is Elizabeth Warren's enemy, then Bitcoin's my friend. See, I don't think you have to go a lot farther than that. And I'll add to that by saying China tried to ban Bitcoin and it proved unbannable because the servers are located all over the world in every single country. Okay, I think it's a very, very interesting asset, which leads us to this trailer for your film. What is money? What is money? If Bitcoin's not the answer, and it may not be, at least it's beyond the reach of government issuers. It can't be issued by governments. It can't be hyperinflated away by governments, and it can't be banned by governments. So yeah. to me, this is an extraordinary thing to consider, and I was late to the game, right? 2015, I could have bought Bitcoin below 50. I used to have Brother John F. talking about it in 2012, 2013. Andy Hoffman was an early adopter, and he and I butted heads over it. Turns out Andy Hoffman was right. Credit to Andy. Wherever you are, I apologize. Andy was right. I was wrong. Let me play this because what is money? Here's a brief snippet of the trailer from David's new film. Money. Love it or hate it. It's a force that elicits endless emotion, stress, fear, control, but also joy, well-being, and security. But even with joy, well-being, and security, the stress of money is ever-present. The fear of going broke. Chapter 11, the constant feeling of never enough. Why is this? Why is the treadmill of never enough? Yet deep down, we know there's always enough. The universe is infinite. Is scarcity artificial? An illusion? If so, the scarcity of money, a form of energy, must also be an illusion. I'll pause it there. Guys, honestly, y'all know the story at this point. We need to get this information out to those who don't know the story. They've not read The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin's book. I've had him on my show twice, three times. The 1913 implementation of the Federal Reserve, after these banking criminals met on Jekyll Island in 1910 and hatched their conspiracy. See, here's the thing. You got to love that, David. We're told by the mainstream horror media, there's no such thing as conspiracies. There's just crazy conspiracy theorists. But they don't tell you about the 1910 meeting at Jekyll Island between the Rothschild and Rockefeller's bankers to hatch the U.S. Federal Reserve, which now have us living like serfs in the land our forefathers conquered, David. It used to be that people could buy a home and have a car or two on one income. Now these young people are getting married, two incomes, no kids, and they can barely afford their rent. That is the price of inflation in fiat printing presses, David. You bet. So it suss that out for me. That is the cost. That is the price of their tyranny. I did a thought experiment again. I love numbers, as you know, and I looked at uh, what would it look like to pay everybody in the United States in silver? So right now, the average wage in the U.S., believe it or not, is around $25 an hour. 
So that's the same as the price of an ounce of silver. So you can think of eight hours work as eight ounces of silver. Eight ounces of silver times 130 million Americans that are working every day. You take that, it's about, it's over a billion ounces of silver. So we don't have, that would be the total year supply of mined and recycled silver for one day would pay one American in silver or every American in silver. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you go back to when my father worked and he made about $4,000 a year and we had two cars. My mom didn't work and we both had a pretty good lifestyle, but we were on the silver standard back when I was born. And uh, that amount of silver uh, certainly paid for a lot more than it does now. So if you take that, that one day's wages for, one, for all of America would eat up the entire silver supply for a year, uh, and it should last for, let's say, uh, for a day, I'm sorry, a day, and it should last for a year or two, then you can multiply that number by 365 or 720 or whatever. So I'm trying to make the point, that's why silver isn't fine. Because if it was, you wouldn't be able to pay it. We're going to pay it forward here by showing David's site before we part ways. That is themorganreport.com, guys, themorganreport.com. Tell us about the newsletter. Oh, there it is. Join for our free newsletter. That's the e-newsletter. There's a free letter and there's a paid letter. If you're interested in the paid, you can go to the subscribe tab at the top, and I'll tell you about it. There's a couple services. One is the uh, premium service, and the other is the mastermind service. And uh, they're both doing very well. I actually put in my Twitter feed how well our portfolio has done versus almost anybody else. So people that say that you have to buy gold to outperform, I certainly advocate buying the physical metal first. But uh, one of our top picks has gone up threefold from the top of gold at 2070 and 2011. So for gold to keep up with this one stock, which is in the top tier, which I said put up a lot of money into it, uh, has would be the equivalent of $6,000 gold a day. So if you know how to pick stocks in this sector, you can actually do quite well, regardless of, let's say, some of my contemporaries have to say that are bullion dealers only. David, thank you so much for your time today. We'll pray for you and your health. I'm glad that you're uh, still fighting with us and on our side. You're a good man to have on our team, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> thank you, Sean. All right. You, you bet. Guys, check him out at themorganreport.com. Our guest has been David Morgan. And I'll remind you guys every single day for free, check us out for free at sgtreport.com. That is the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those central banking, Rothschild, mainstream media, mockingbird lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. This is capstone money. These people are paid salaries. Remember I said this in the show we just did. If the price is right, you'll find someone to do it. And these media people, there was a 9-11 researcher who told me they are all MK Ultra, all of them. They're just under mind control. They're following commands. They're willing to take their paycheck. I mean, it's pretty shameful. The very first international terrorism began in what is now Israel. And they announced that they were international terrorists. Now, these are the people who went to Palestine. The, remember Leon Uris, the book Exodus, about David Ben-Gurion? They made a movie out of it. Those people were the first international terrorists, and they bragged about it. 